Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Carol Clybaker, your announcer for this, the Mission Sunday. The Reverend Brent Smith will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is lay minister Bruce Sletton, organist Mrs. Susan Sinegar, and the acolytes are Lisette Lott and Mackay Clybaker. Today's order of the service is found at www.trinity1874.com. The radio broadcast for today is from funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. Seats. May God go. bless us as we worship Why don't together. we begin our worship today with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, how good it is and how blessed we are to be able to come here to this place and at this time, uh, Lord, to not only worship and to give thanks to you, but Lord, most especially, that you would serve us today. Uh, You, Lord, who is the king of all creation, you, Lord, who know the number of hairs that is on our head, you, Lord, who know us better than anyone else, you have seen it in your good grace and pleasure that you might serve us, uh, and that you might serve us through your word and through your sacraments today. And for that, Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we ask that as we begin worship here, that you would open our hearts and our minds to these words uh, that you have for us of love and grace and forgiveness and peace and hope. Lord, now we ask that you would give us a zeal for your house of worship here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand. And so we begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our opening hymn on this, the Reformation Sunday, is... 578 in the Lutheran service book, Thy Strong Word. Again for this Reformation Sunday, Thy Strong Word, verses 1 through 3, 578. (laughs) 
will speak of your testimonies before kings, O Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Come, O children, listen to me. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. I will speak of your testimonies before kings, O Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. be with you. 
Let us pray. Almighty and gracious Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep us steadfast in your grace and truth. Protect and deliver us in times of temptation. Defend us against all enemies and grant to your church your saving peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, O Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Our first reading for this morning comes from Revelation, chapter 14. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. This is the word of our Lord. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. Walk about Zion, go around her, number her towers. That you may tell the next generation. Well, the children come forward for the children's message, please. Bring the mighty today. Good. Okay. I'm going to, oh, I need the other microphone here. Okay. I want to try a little experiment with you this morning. I'm going to, I'm actually going to come down here. I know usually I sit down there, but I'm going to go right here. Okay. What is this? A Bible. Okay. Is it pretty Easy to read? I mean, I mean, I guess if you know how to read it is, right? Okay. We can read it. Okay. What I want to do is I want to do a little experiment. And I'm going to have Keenan. Keenan, if you wouldn't mind taking the Bible and into the microphone, I want you to read John 1, verse 1. Just verse 1. It's right there. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word... Was God. Good. Okay. Now, I want you to do the same thing with this Bible. Novum Testamentum Gratiae. I want you to read John 1, verse 1. Right there. Why can't you read it? it? It's the same verse. Anybody else? Anybody, anybody else? No? Anybody, anybody, anybody over here? John 1, verse 1. It's the same verse. No? Well, why can't, why can't you read it? 
Because it's in a different language, right? This is in the Greek language. Of course, unless you know Greek, you would not be able to read it. My point is this. When the Reformation happened, the Bible, at least the New Testament, if you didn't understand the Greek language, there was no way for you to read the Bible. And there were only a few people that actually understood the Greek language for, to, in order to be able to read it. And as we're going to talk about in the sermon and as Reformation history goes, what happened was that the church at that time decided that, well, since nobody else can read the Bible except for us, we're going to make it say what we want to say. And of course, that's really, really dangerous, okay? God, in his own words, says, you shall not change anything that I have written about in this book. But that's what the people, but that's what the, uh, that's what the church at that time was doing. Well, as you know, a guy named Martin Luther came along. And Luther could understand this. He could understand Greek. He could also understand Hebrew, which was the language that the Old Testament was originally written in. And do you know what Luther decided to do? Does anybody remember what he decided to do? Anybody? Anybody out there remember what Luther decided to do? Yeah. He translated this from the Greek language into a common language, which at that time, because he was living in Germany, was in German. He translated this, which nobody else had ever done, into the common language of the people so that everybody could read it. And then from there, we have our Bibles in, langu- in the language that we understand, which, of course, is English. Now, the biggest question that we're going to be answering is why did Luther do that? Did he decide to do it because he was bored? Probably not, because it took him a long time and a lot of work. Why else do you think that Luther decided that he wanted everybody to be able, at least in Germany anyway, that he wanted everybody in Germany to be able to read the Bible for themselves so they could learn about who? God, so that they could learn about Jesus. And I want you to be listening. I want everybody to be listening when the sermon comes up, this is what we're going to be talking about, is that the entire purpose of the Reformation, the entire singular purpose of the Reformation was to point everybody to one person. Of course, that one person was Jesus. Okay, And so kind of be listening because we're going to be talking about that uh, when we get there. Okay, Will you pray with me, please? Dear Jesus, thank you that we can read the Bible in our own language. We pray that it would always do what you have promised, that when we read it and when we hear it, that it never comes back empty. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for coming up. You guys can go back and sit with your folks.
The epistle reading comes from Romans chapter 3, beginning at the 19th verse. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood, to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who, was, who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. But what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith, apart from works of the law. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the Gospel of our Lord.
Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our message this morning is from the gospel lesson that was just read in which Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The answer to every single children's message sermon question ever is one answer, really. Where do apples come from, Jesus? Why is the sky blue, Jesus? Why do we have pews, Jesus? Why does my sister hit me, Jesus? No, no, not, not that. The entire reason, folks, for why you are here, the entire reason for why the Reformation happened, the entire reason for why I wear this alb, the entire reason for why this entire place exists is because of Jesus, is because of Christ. I went to the conference that I was at this past week was a really, really helpful one for me. Number one, because I was able to learn new things, which is always good. And number two, because it reminded me once again of what my job at this place is and what my job as a pastor is. The theme of the conference, the Missouri, the LCMS Missouri District's Pastors Conference, uh, was soul care and how we care for the souls that us as pastors have been entrusted with. And really, the, the theme, as I was driving home and as I was reflecting on everything that I had learned, eventually it just all kept coming back to this one sentence. That the entire reason why the church exists is to point people to Jesus. That's, that's it. There's no other fluff. There's no other, nothing else really to add to that. If you look at even simple things like the liturgy, the way in which we worship, who does it all point to? Who does it all point to as the one who forgives us? Who does it all point to as the one who gives us his body and blood? It all points to one man, to one God. It all points to Jesus. And as I kind of got, and as I kind of began to get to with the children's message, the Reformation itself was all about this same theme. It was all about how to care for souls and how, definitely how not to care for souls. If you want a handbook or an example of people who were not caring for souls, look at the church in Europe at the time of the Reformation. As I said, and in case you didn't know, and as I mentioned to the kids that were up here, literally they were making the Bible say whatever it was that they wanted to because they knew that nobody else could read it. And the church at this time, and I think it's hard for us as 21st century Americans to to really grasp this concept, the church at that time was the top level of everything in society. It was higher than the government. It made the rules. It was 
everything as far as, as far as the hierarchy of how society goes. It was at the very top. And so what was happening was that in order for the church, the people in the church, the Pope and the bishops to get what they wanted out of their lives, they used the consciences of sin-stricken people in order to do things like building a gigantic church like St. Peter's Basilica. How many of you have ever seen that, like, live? Okay? Uh, it's, from what I've heard, it's incredible. And I would hope so, because it was, it was paid for. It is a great reminder. That church is a great reminder of how not to care for souls. And so Luther was fed up. He just literally became fed up. And once he read this passage from Romans that was just read a moment ago, he began to understand that I, that I, don't, I don't have to pay homage to some dead guy's skull. I don't have to pay things called indulgences. I don't have to walk up these steps. I don't have to do any of that in order to be justified, in order to be declared innocent by God. The only thing that I need is Jesus. And the only thing that I need is the only thing that, that, that he can, the only thing that, that I need is what I can't do for myself. And that is to die the atoning sacrifice for my sins. And so Luther was determined, very determined, to do one thing to point himself and everybody that he knew to Jesus. Caring for souls. I mentioned to uh, a couple of you this morning, it occurred to me after I woke up and I was kind of lying there in bed, you know, kind of like, okay, am I going to get up and go to church today? No, no, no. Of course I'm going to go to church. But it occurred to me today that today, Reformation Sunday marks three years from my first day that I started here. And my job is really singular in purpose. It has lots of different facets. But my job as pastor is really singular in purpose, and that is to point you to Jesus, to point myself to Jesus, and to point the community that is around us to Jesus. Sometimes I will ask the kids in my confirmation class, what do you think my most important job is? And sometimes they'll say preaching, sometimes they'll say visiting the sick, and sometimes they'll say some other stuff, and all of that's, all that's true. But preaching and teaching, and visiting the sick. All of that comes from one root, to point others to Jesus. And so really, if, if we can break my job down to its most basis level, and that is to point others to Jesus, really, in all actuality, in all reality, in all truth, your job as a human being is no different than mine. 
Because your job also is to point others to Jesus. We have the same job as far as the basest level, to point others to Jesus. And sometimes that's hard to do. Sometimes we don't do that as well as we want to. Paul has talked about that himself, the good that I want to do. I, that's not what I end up doing, and the evil that I don't want to do, well, that's what I end up doing, and all of us can relate to that in some way or another. But if you want an answer to that age-old question, what is the meaning of life? That's it. The meaning of your life, the meaning of my life, whether I am a called and ordained servant of the Word or not, the meaning of our lives is singular. To point others to Jesus. Now, what begins to happen is that we begin to make excuses for why we can't. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm not very young anymore, and I can't really you know, do that. Well, I'm just so busy at work, and I can't really do that, and I have, I have a family, and the kids are driving me nuts every day, and so I, I just don't feel like... Wherever you work, point others to Jesus and what you say and what you do, and how you act. If you are one of our beloved seniors and you think that, that, that your days of pointing others to Jesus are done, I have news for you, they're not. We rely on you. Others outside of these walls rely on you. The people that you interact with, even your own families, rely on you to help them see the Savior, to help them see Jesus, to point others to Jesus. There is not a vocation that exists, whether you are a stay-at-home mom, whether you are a a banker, whether you are a lawyer, whether you are a judge, whether you are a pastor, whether you are a teacher, whether you are a doctor, it doesn't matter. If you have a job in which the only thing that you do is you, are, you, you spend eight hours a day in this cubicle cell, you can still point others to Jesus. That's what the entire Reformation was about. That's what your and I's existence. If you wanna, again, if you want to know what the meaning of life is, it is to point others to Jesus. Because the alternative, you and I both know, the alternative to pointing others to other things doesn't work really, does it? It may last for a little while, whatever it is that we have pointed either ourselves to or other things to, it may last for a little while. But all of those other things, and I pray that it is nothing that is destructive, If it is, come see me and let's talk. But all of those other things, all of those other ways in which we try to find rest, in which we try to find rest for our souls that are weary and tired and heavy laden and hurting and confused and sad, broken hearted, 
none of those other things will be able to give us the rest that Christ can. And we know that. We know that in our, in our heads. We know that as head knowledge, and yet we have a hard time trusting that. It's the same, it's the same reason for why Adam and Eve failed, uh, failed. Their trust in God just stopped. And when the serpent comes to them and says, well, you will surely not die, then they, they think, okay, well, if, then if I'm not going to die, then I don't need God, do I? Same lie just told over and over and over again. We know that all of that other stuff doesn't last. Again, Jesus says in our gospel text, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I talked about this last week, and I will mention it again here this morning. I know that there are people in our church and school community, I know that their souls are weary. And I know that their souls are heavy laden. And I know that, 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 that their souls, in some cases, are broken hearted, are lonely. And yet your Savior, your Lord, your God, the one who knows you better than anyone, bids you come to Him so that you may receive rest. Now what does that look like? I think, I think one of the, the things that growing up, and I, if, if I could say this just for a minute, one of the things that I never understood about some of the sermons that I heard growing up was that I would hear this, well, come to Jesus and he will give you rest. And I would, oftentimes I would come home and I'd be like, but what does that look like? How does that work? Well, it looks like this. It looks like church, for one. It looks like coming here and sitting down and listening to the Word of God being, being read to you so that you can hear it with your own ears. And as we prayed with the kids just a, just a moment ago, His Word never comes back empty. That whether or not you realize it, whenever you hear God's word, if you don't have faith, faith is being created. And if you already do have faith, your faith is being strengthened. It looks like coming to receive his body and blood, which he offers to you and says, here, here is my body and blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. It even looks like something as simple, and there is a purpose and a rhyme and a reason for why we do this, why we greet each other in the name of the Lord every morning, every Sunday morning, for the mutual encouragement of us who are brothers and sisters in Christ. It looks like coming to Sunday school. It looks like coming to Bible class. Just today we started our new Sunday morning lineup. My dad is teaching the adult Bible class in that room in the chapel. It begins at 8.45-ish. Our Sunday school meets over in the church. It looks like that too. It looks too like personal devotions and home devotions. 
And again, I go, I go back to my first thing. What do all of those things have in common? Every single one of them, especially the sacraments, and especially hearing God's Word on Sunday morning, every single one of them points to Jesus. That's why we're here. That's why we come. Because we need to find rest. Because our souls are weary. Now, there are some of us, and if you are one of these people, great. The season in your life is going great, and everything is actually really, really good. Wonderful. Sometimes we have seasons that are like that. And then there are some of us that are in a season right now where, you know, it's not bad, but it could be better. And then there are some of us that are in a season where, you know what, it's really not going very good at all. And then there are some of us who are way down here, and my heart is so broken over everything that is happening to me, over everything that is happening to those that I love, that I just can't see the end. And I don't know when it is ever going to stop. No matter where on the spectrum that you find yourself this morning, Jesus says to you, come unto me, all you who are weary, all you who are heavy laden, all you who are broken hearted, all you who are lonely, all you who are struggling with sin. Fill in your weariness. Jesus says to you today, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you noticed, about, probably about a year ago, I did a sermon on the third commandment. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And on that morning after I was done, it occurred to me that whenever I dismiss, whenever we have um, um, communion at the altar, and whenever I dismiss tables, maybe some of you remember that. You probably don't. I do. But instead of just saying, um, so what do I say? Oh, yeah. Uh, Depart, sorry, (laughs) depart in his peace and joy and rest. Again, there's a reason for why I started saying that. It wasn't just because I needed to fill the time. Depart in his peace and joy and rest. And rest. And if I wanted to, I could add this last line from Isaiah because his word never comes back empty. Because every time that you participate in God's supper, your soul does find rest. And every time that you come to worship and you are with your brothers and sisters in Christ, your soul does find rest. And every time that you open his word to have personal devotion, to have devotion with your spouse, to have devotion with your family, your soul does find rest. And it may not seem like it at the time, but trust me, it's working. Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you open your hymnal with me to hymn number 749. There's a hymn that we don't really sing much. As a matter of fact, I think in my life, I've I've probably only sang it like three or four times. 
Hymn number 749. The hymn is called, There is a Balm in Gilead. It comes from the prophet Jeremiah. Seven hundred forty-nine. The refrain says this: There is a balm in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a balm in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Verse one: Sometimes I feel discouraged and think my work's in vain, but then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. There is a balm in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a balm in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Verse 2, if you cannot preach like Peter, if you cannot pray like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus and say he died for all. There is a balm in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a balm in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Verse 3, don't ever feel discouraged, for Jesus is your friend. And if you lack for knowledge, he'll never refuse to lend. And let's read that refrain together. There is a balm in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a balm in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. The balm in Gilead, of course, is Christ. And He will continue, always, to seek you out, to search for you, to find you, because you belong to Him. And as we said, He knows you better than anyone else. He knows when you need rest. And so he will, His promise to you is that I will seek you out and I will find you again and again and again. And I will give you rest. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Nicene Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty.
Please be seated. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings. In the pew that you are in is a red sign-in book. And whether you are a member or a guest with us, we ask that you would please sign that book so that we know that you were here um, to worship with us. And guests, if you would be so kind as to leave your number or address so that we might uh, be able to reach you to thank you uh, for coming to worship with us today, we would, most, uh, we would most appreciate that as well. We gather our tithes and offerings. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. The radio broadcast is made possible by donations to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. That number is 417-235-735. LWML will have a mission workday tomorrow, October 28th, beginning at 9 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall. Bring a covered dish for lunch. Everyone is invited to come. There will be no bell practice until December. The new member Sunday is November 17th, with a potluck dinner to follow. Several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week in the surrounding areas. For more information for the Bible studies, call the church office at 417-235-7300. Again, that number is 417-235-7300. Our health concerns today that will be in the prayers will be Melba McCord, Janice Meyer, Carol McIntyre, the mother of Kathy Bott, Elfa Hemkamp, Joanne Haynes, Addison Troike, Steve Doss, Landreth Worm, Becky Morgan, Bob Dodson, Bob Yellenek, Gary Magruder, Emma Coughlin, Brenda Lawmaster, Rosemary Decoff, Bob Curtit, John Alexander, Debbie Porter, Mary Schultz, Fred Shane, Lisa Latshaw, Jim Gabalther, Catherine McConnelly, Joe Gaddy, Philip Trunke, Louise Hornsey, Louida Offenbrink, Bruce Skaggs, Dennis Dillwagon, Dennis Knaus, Gary Deegan, John Eden, Tom Felding, and Judy Lady. few moments we're going to do our prayers of the church and as we do every Sunday we will pray for all of those on our health list but there's a few folks not on our health list this morning that 
we want to pray for as well. We have Dana Robb, who is Glenda and Edgar's daughter. She finds herself battling a new fight with cancer. Heavy stuff. We have Sherry Johnson, that's the sister of Tony Oberman. She finds herself battling cancer. Heavy stuff. Then we have Alan Hesseman. This is David's uncle, who tomorrow morning will undergo, undergo brain surgery to remove a tumor. Pretty heavy stuff. And then we have little Sutton Grace, as young as she is, has to go surgery once again. Really heavy stuff. So we'll bring those to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and leading us here so we can worship you. As the beautiful sunrise this morning signals a new day in our lives, your refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Remind us this week to give you thanks for giving us your word and raising up believers to translate your word in various languages so people all over the world can learn about you, Jesus. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery. We lift up all those on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Ethel, Joan, Addison, Steve, Becky, Bob Dodson, Gary Magruder, Bob Curtit, Emma, Brenda, Rosemarie, Bob Yelenek, John Alexander, Debbie, Mary, Fred, Lisa, Catherine, Joe, Phil, Louise, Ruth, Loetta, Dana, Dennis Stellwagen, Dennis Nost, Jen Gabathuler, Gary Degan, John Eden, Tommy, Tom Fielding, Judy Lady, Sherry Johnson, Ellen Hessman, and little Sutton Grace. We lift up all of those on this list, along with all those others we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer and sustainer of life. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely. Use the trials and challenges they face to grow closer to you. Give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally, in our state, and in our local communities. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military, especially those who serve in the most dangerous places. We lift up to you in prayer Christopher Smith, David Hessman, Luke Sharp, and Derek Moore. We think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel. Father, we pray that you will send your, guard, your angels to watch over them, to protect them against all harm, strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. 
a prayer for anniversaries and the celebration of Christian marriage. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you instituted holy matrimony, blessed and honored it with the presence of your son at the marriage at Cana in Galilee, and even now continue to protect and preserve it. We thank you for the fatherly love and grace which you have bestowed upon Fred and Pam Sharon, who are celebrating 50 years of Christian union through their marriage. Continue to be with them, Lord, until the end of their days, even as you, as, even as you have guided them in the past. Be their health, strength, refuge, and life, as they serve as an example to all who honor your blessing of marriage. Lord, in your mercy. God of all greatness, you have called us to tell others about Jesus. We give you thanks today for our 120 missionaries who are serving in the international mission field, spreading the good news of your son, Jesus, to people who have never heard of his name. Continue to bless their work and the lives of the people they touch. Keep them safe and protect them against the evil one who is working night and day to thwart their efforts. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, I offer up a prayer, a special prayer for this congregation of yours. As you continue to bless us, keep us focused on what's most important in our lives. Help each of us find the time to be in your word, spend time with you in daily prayer, strengthen our hearts for mission, and finally nurture the love we have for you and one another. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death in the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. the prayer together that our Lord gave us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communing, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant 
that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's grace. I Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
of the Lutheran Service Book.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith unto life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy and rest. Amen. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace.
this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this radio broadcast and the podcast found on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Carol Clybaker. Just a few announcements before we close with worship today. First of all, uh, just a reminder that our quarterly voters meeting is today right after worship here. There is also a potluck uh, awaiting us in the fellowship hall right after church service here. We will uh, pray for that at the end of our announcements. Uh, Please get your order in for apple pies this week. The pickup date is the 16th. Um, These will be the same apple pies that were made for apple butter making days, and we sold out of those, so they are very, very tasty. Uh, There is no bell practice until December, uh, until um, uh, Lori recovers from her surgery. And also, next week, don't forget to set your clocks back on Sunday next week. If you show up at the same time, nobody will be here. So please do not forget to set your clocks back next week. Uh, and if you notice anything different with your paperwork this week, please let our office know. Um, we were uh, having some internet issues throughout the week, and so things kind of got a little bit wonky there. So if you are having any difficulties with your paperwork, uh, please let us know. Uh, the internet is back up and working. I think that's all the announcements that I have. Let's pray for our meal together with the common table prayer. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. May our souls by thee be fed, ever on the living bread. Amen. I pray that you all have a very, very blessed and restful week.